and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the rise and fall of Little Voice. We saw this touring production at Derby Theatre on the 5th and 6th of May 2022. This play by Jim Cartwright had its first production at the Royal National Theatre in 1992. It explores the highs and the lows of small town dreams. So Richard, what's it all about? Mari Hoff and LV, a mother and daughter who are central to this northern fairy tale, though far from being close, left to her own devices, Little Voice embodies famous divas as she repeatedly plays her father's vinyl records, from Judy Garland to Shirley Bassett, ultimately getting her talent spotted by her mother's latest fling, Ray, who thrusts her into the limelight where she finally finds her own voice. So with all that said, let's set, set the scene! So this is going to be an interesting uh, play because um, we saw this on different days, didn't we? Yeah, I saw it on the um, Thursday. Was the it? Thursday? And so I must, I must have seen it on the Friday then. Yeah. yeah. What's your first impressions of the whole set and the layout? Would you like to describe it for our listening viewers? Yeah, I think when you walked into the theatre, you were presented with a house on stage that was your typical two up, two down terraced house that had been cut away with basically you could just see almost like the walls had been taken out so you could see the whole entire rooms you can see the kitchen the front room lv's bedroom and the only thing you couldn't see was the um, room off which would be mari hoff's bedroom and also the utility room just off um, the stage there was a street light i quite liked the set I've seen something similar um, when I went to see, I think it was Alan Bennett's Enjoy. They did yeah. something like um, Half the House. I, th- I think it was a little bit of a yeah. house. But anyway, I, I've seen something similar. So um, this was quite a nice uh, set to see. Yeah, it was a very static set. But what you also saw was there was a lot of character built into the actual set. So it, yes, it was a house. Yes, it was a cutaway. So you could actually see each room. But it looked lived in. It looked like the, every room was used and it was a little run down, a little tired around the edges. You could tell that LV's bedroom was her bedroom with all the pictures of all the stars that she sort of followed, which we'll talk about later in the in the podcast. But basically, you could you could see that you could instantly familiarise yourself with a typical northern house. Yeah. Do you think the set was used very well? Yeah, I think every inch of the set was used. It may not have helped that it was quite so far back on the stage. It yeah. did feel like a little bit disjointed from the audience in the distance. I do, do know that's because of all the set pieces that are used in it, but... Was that because of Mr. Boo's uh, Mr. Mr. Boo's stage came in front of it, yeah. Mm. So, but I do think that that may may not have helped because it did feel a little disconnected with its audience because it was quite a way back. Yes, I suppose now you you say that probably does look a a fraction on the small side considering yeah the, the width of the stage yeah. You can definitely tell it was made to fit on all stages well as it's a touring production. Oh, definitely. So it would quite easily fit anywhere with ease how many times have you seen this show before i've seen it once before with a different cast it's quite a while ago now mm. and it wasn't the same touring production it was a different touring production because some of the the things that they did were different and that was done in a very similar way i do remember the set being closer to the stage but i think the set was built really well i've never seen this show before so i was uh, green coming into this wondering what i was going to see <laughs> Well, I'll talk about the overall um, effect when we uh, move on to the writing. People that are familiar with the film Little Voice, this set felt very close to the house that you see on the film. So it's very well referenced as the very similar makeup where everything's in a very similar place. So you sort of familiarise yourself with that setup. Yeah, I suppose. But the very typical typical houses aren't they let's face it yeah. we all know yeah. them i refer to them not as terrace houses but coronation street houses yeah because i just and they're still very much exactly used now they are, they're, really. they're still but, yes. they're still there they're still mm. you know even though this is sort of set in in the sort of late 80s early 90s you know that this is the same sort of layout of 
most houses in those terrace rows in those coronation street houses so it instantly transports you to almost a cramped confined way of living that everything has a purpose everything in the rooms need to be used there's no but, there's no space for luxury or but we all also know the type of person that lives in those houses yeah you know, you know, you know they're not going to be well off no they're know. going to be on a, a basic wage and a, down to earth yeah they spend a lot of time with their neighbours. There's mm. there's a lot of interaction on the street, so you know that everybody sort of almost knows everybody. I was going to move on to the writing, but actually, let's just discuss the scene changes. Yeah, the scene changes. Basically, you in the first half, there wasn't really any any sort of obvious scene changes. There was parts where they brought a piece of sort of wheeled scaffolding out, and that yeah. really was probably the only screen change in the first half. The second half, the production turned into Mr. Boo's Working Man's Club, and that happened in the interval after the safety curtain had come down. They That's actually right. it started. They dropped that, in Mr. Boo's yeah. um, in front of the house. So this is why we're talking about the house being quite a distance from stage. This was a big scene change in front of that house. And then throughout, and, yeah. the, the tabs came up and then we yeah. went back into the house. Yes. And um, it just went from the house to Mr. Booth yeah. again. Yeah, it didn't. It, it literally had a simple scene change. I mean, one of the things I would say about the set is I do think that the black areas of the stage were used really well as when a character or a cast member walked off, they disappeared. And I find that's a really technical thing that not everybody gets that right. When you leave those sides, of stage you do tend to disappear and i think they they made that happen really well so there's a scene to the to stage right where you they walked off into another room that isn't there but you'd never saw the character go off stage you you just thought they'd just gone to that other room and now, i thought that was really where, well utilized where i where i was sat in d4 probably the other the other side yeah I actually could see them walk off the set yeah. um, with another hand lifting up the curtain. Yeah. And, you know, Whereas so I was central stage, so yeah, I yeah. So of, you didn't get to, you no. didn't get to see it, but uh, you know, I just think productions yeah. where I've seen like a stage hands lift the curtain so they can all like. Um, I just think there was through. one moment where they they walked off behind the street light into the sort of round the back of the house mm. almost. And they disappeared, and and I think that that helped. I mean, walking off stage into the street scene, I suppose you can forgive them because they got black tabs, and there's not much more we you can do in that situation. And they didn't really leave set stage that much. In, no, well, the, well the, you the, just the, know that they're walking yeah. off. Yeah, really. you know they're going somewhere else. Yeah, but they kept in character while they walked off. They so, did. Yeah, you know it's. Um, yeah, we've seen it done worse on other productions. So this is this is you know this this was done well. Yeah. Now. Now we can come to the writing. Yeah. Okay. So he's a good writer. Yes, I think he's the uh, Jim Cartwright is a good writer. Yeah, I, he's pers- done, done a lot of good ones. He's known for Road Bed Two that I know of. Have you seen any other other of his plays? I haven't personally. No, I've not seen. Just looking at the list, I haven't. I haven't seen any of them. So coming to this production, I heard a lot about the rise and fall of Little Voice. You know, I knew Jane Horrocks had yeah. been in it. And um, Alison Steadman, and in the film, Brenda Blethyn and Michael Caine, yeah. However, I was led to believe it was a, more of a musical, a more intricate, grand piece of theatre. Yeah. So I felt, at the end of it, I felt a little let down because I thought, oh, is that it? Yeah. I like the way the characters interacted developed. with each other and were developed, and the actual point of little voice, and the fact that she'd lost a father had a little voice but played these records and she imitated all those brilliant divas out there almost as her friends in her own domain it's her it was her comfort blanket it was her way of 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 dealing with dealing with dealing with the loss uh, dealing with the loss and, and everything and i really thought it was quite um impressive when the part where the house was burning she just kept listening to the records and oh no it wasn't that it was when ray entered in into get her and she was just going from one character to another one diva to another saying uh, impersonating these people in sort of a frenzy before she left yeah it was a way to not let go and to hold on to that comfort that link to her father that she she couldn't let go of Mm. and that was cleverly i mean i Oh, it was cleverly performed. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen the film numerous times, so I do know this production quite well. I've seen, as I say, I've seen it before on stage, and they did well at recreating the film. And I'll talk about my other thoughts on that 
later. Yeah. However, the overall writing of it, I felt a little lacklustre. Maybe for the day, it was yeah great. Or I, maybe it's probably because I expected something more, and I didn't get that because it it was hype overhyped. Yeah, maybe. I think maybe I I sort issue. of I knew what to expect in the sense yeah. of I knew that they were trying to be faithful to the production and the actual script itself because it is more of a drama than it is a musical. Yeah, and the music is part of it it's still integral to but it's not actually well it's down to the character it's isn't down, it it's, it's a character performance rather than a than a musical or singing yeah. or dancing it's actually quite a small cast yeah the production is itself you know it's it's but i can see the story structure yeah. of it from a to b to c and d and everything so i appreciate that and i did like it for that i did yeah. i you know it's um but, extremely good so Stephen, what you're probably saying is do you think it's of its time or do you think it's become a little outdated now possibly because mind you you can always go back and watch period yeah. dramas and stuff yeah, so definitely. this is clearly a period thing because they were having the uh, yeah. telephone lines connected yeah which was a big big thing in the 80s but well, do you think it, earlier than that but, but do you think it maybe stands up to the test of time and the does it have its classic status or does it just feel i think it's got a classic status because now we've got x factor you yeah. know well we did have mm. i don't know if it's still on we've got britain's got talent yeah, yeah. you've got influencers now doing their own thing on instagram you don't necessarily need uh terrestrial tv well you don't need to go on them to do your no. thing no of course not you know because no one you know younger generations aren't necessarily watching those programs it's, no they're not uh, finding their, their favorite YouTube. stars through that anymore. well exactly it's it's all instagram and build your audience from there so these talent the talent scouts and the little um working men's clubs are just a bygone era now so it is of its time and it is a period piece now yeah and a classic um, classic production yeah for a classic era yeah of time yeah now let's talk about the direction it was directed by this play was directed by brana lagan so do you feel the direction was on point, Richard. Having seen the film numerous times, I felt that the director only used the film as their reference point. Oh, right, okay. So I felt like it was a carbon copy of the film rather than a a new take on the script, which I felt would have been better if they'd actually used the script and almost, yes, still had a reference of the film, but give the characters their own personality because it's a stage performance. So I do feel there was there was too many... They, they, I'm not asking for deviations off the script, but I, I sort of want to see characters developed with a little bit of personality rather than a, a copycat performance. I think I know what you're saying, or trying yeah. to say. I think they would have worked from the script. I think they would have worked <laughs> from the script, but what I do think is they'd watch the film a lot and imitated, all, imitated mm. the argument scenes the scenes where even down to shobna galati's performance was very blender breath in i was going to say is it down to the acting then or the direction but then the director should rein it in if it is getting to become too copycat Ah, of the performance so so for me it's that they are at the helm so they've got to make sure that that it has its own style and its own personality and i do think there was yes those words were used in the film but i just and i think this is where the disconnect came from me a little is because of that almost imitation of a film rather than actually i think there was a few moments where you think it didn't feel as relaxed as maybe it could have been if they could have had fun with the script I think that's where I went. There was a oh, few moments. Oh, you think there was all on edge? Yeah, I think there was right all on edge, trying to... trying to sort of make sure that it was it was perfect, and then but but you've got to mess it up a little bit. You know, I don't mean lose the lines or this that and other, but you've got to have fun with the words to actually enjoy yourself doing that production. And I think that's where it it maybe let itself down a little oh, bit in the do directing. You, do you feel this is a little bit disappointing? You then. yeah at times i think oh, because okay. it was too close to the film as in i know it i know it's the script and i know this and i know that it's meant to so i've not seen this uh, yeah uh, the film yeah so I've no yeah. idea but yeah for me for me i i just think that it it was very close to the original sort of directing rather than a director putting their own stamp on it i don't feel like it was a newly sort of created piece okay whereas we've i've seen other productions where They've taken the same script and 
they've not changed it dramatically, but you feel like you're watching a refreshed version of something, mm. you know. Oh, I thought it was well directed um, for what it was. I'm a bit confused about the fact that there's a partition wall between the lounge and the kitchen. Yeah. But, and they used the actual doorway which was there. But they didn't use the doorway all the time. No, they, they went around the other side. Yeah, it was, wall, it was which, like... I mean, I suppose to imagine better off just wall. having a double double door open, double door yeah. with no, just complete partition. Yeah, so not even have that thing. Maybe yeah. they had to keep it there for structural reasons, yeah, part of the to, set. Yeah, but it did feel strange walking it through the felt, door, but then walking through the wall. Yeah, it felt a bit odd, strange, weird. Unusual. Unusual. Also, I do feel that they used every inch of the set. Yes. They came up to um, the TV area when they were in the room. Yeah. But I have a sneaking suspicion that they even went outside of the house whilst technically being inside. I think they went on to the black Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's actually what... a, a jutting bit of black stage at the front mm. in the in front of the house that hadn't got any carpet on it, but it was used as part of the room. And it blurred the line a little between the the sort of the house scene and the yeah. rest of the stage. I mean, I don't mind that. Which it is, wasn't. It wasn't too it, much. It, well, it, it was, wasn't an issue really. I'm no. just trying to think back if my memory serves me well, and I'm, I'm not quite sure. But I have a feeling that they did breach the set. Yeah, yeah, they did. There was a couple of moments. Yeah, but other than that, I think directing wise and movement from entries and exit points and things like that, they were done really well. And it was fast-paced, and people needed to move quick. The, the the cast had to move quick to be in the next scene. Or I think it was directed well, where scene to scene, there wasn't really much lag. People were in their places when they needed to be, and it carried on with a good pace. Yeah, there was nothing spectacular about it, and that's not in any way to put a downer on this play at all. Uh, even like for the director, it it just it just was what it was. Yeah, really, you know, which is fine, which is good. Yeah. Now moving on. Now, do you know what we're here for? We're here for the drama. So, Richard, let's discuss the performances: the good, the bad, the ugly. Do you want to start, or shall I? You start. Oh God. Okay, so I have previously said I've never seen this before. And I, the first character you see is Mary Hoff, played by Shabna Galati. Now, I'm familiar with her with being in Dinner Ladies as Anita and then Coronation Street. And I've seen her, I've actually seen her live in Dinner Ladies, funnily yeah. enough. And I'm sure I've seen her somewhere else do something else. Oh, it was Doctor Who. But anyway, I know what she's like, her acting ability. And when I saw her come through the door and she was playing this character, I felt amazed that she could bring this tart with a heart in a way. Yeah. But it was just really nice to see her play that character so well. It that was such it really a detachment from her, from her usual other roles that she's normally Yeah, because she normally does get, unfortunately, typecast. But to see it in this, especially when I didn't know what kind of character it was, I thought she did really well, extremely well, actually. And boy, does she have a lot to learn. All, all that dialogue yeah, for Mari's character there is so much to learn yeah you're pretty much on stage for the whole thing yeah you know, there's there's not really a moment where you're not there with something to say mm. and comic timing is needed and she to... has got comic timing yeah. because you know she is quite a funny quite a funny person and to be honest she didn't hold back no, she didn't. Oh, when she was doing the slutty scenes and yeah. bumping and grinding and riding on the back of the sofa, there was no, there was no moments where she didn't, where she hesitated or she didn't want to. You can tell she relished this yeah. character. She, she did. really she enjoyed really playing did. this. Yeah, she she really enjoyed, and she didn't hold and back. She stayed in character throughout as well. Absolutely. Oh, th this is on the side in the scene where she's coming to get the ironing board. Out. Now she gets out of this utility pantry thing, and they've got these um, well, the nets they're um, bamboo nets, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, bead curtains, bead curtains of the time they are. Well, it gets caught up in the ironing board, doesn't it? When she's trying to come in, now it didn't happen on your, it didn't happen on my no, night, no. no. And so it happened on my way. We got caught up and she couldn't get out, and then she had to improvise and she called out for Sadie to come and sort her out and fix this. But then because she did that, improvising. Then Sadie, Fiona Mulvaney, she comes out and she says, Okay. So she was she took it off her and untangled it and they carried on the scene. Yeah. But it it, 
it, I love this is why I love live theatre yeah. because you get to see things something that go gets wrong thrown in the way and you have to deal yeah. with it you can't and they you stay can't in character yeah, yeah yeah definitely yeah and yeah. even Fiona being Sadie, you know, she just loved being in her character as well. Yeah. She had very little to say, like LV. Yes. You knew it was Mari that had the big voice yeah, overshadowing yeah, yeah. all both of yeah. them, really. And Sadie's that comic, as we've touched on in Barry Humphreys with like Madge. Re- release, it's the yes. same sort of character where they don't say a lot, but every time they do, They're they the comedians do funny things. They are. They, they yeah. are. But also there was moments with, with Sadie where she did the ridiculous and the messy, the eating the green cornflakes and things like that. Throwing up. And throwing up. Holding the spew. But even the throwing up was on time to the point where she knew what to do to get that, to drag it out just enough to be funny and grotesque as well. Yeah. You know, it's just, just brilliant. And hats off to Fiona Mulvaney because... She actually plays um, Mari as the understudy as well. Yeah. So to know that role as well yeah. with all that dialogue. Yeah, it's, it's you know, and crazy. It would have been interesting I, to see I her in I would have loved that, to, to have fair. seen that. Yeah, side just by, to see what happened. Well, not necessarily side by side, but no. to see how she, her spin on it would have been. Yeah, definitely. Because if, if that's her character as Sadie, it would have been really interesting to see how she gets really brash and um, even more... Slotty and yeah, just loud. to go from that to that, just yeah. to, such a such a change in character. Yes, and for the part of little voice, Christina Bianco, you know of her. Oh, well, you don't know of. No, her. I don't you, know her. I'd, know I'd what... like, it'd be great to know her, but I know I know of her in um, in other things. Well, I've seen her. I've seen her live twice in Edinburgh, yeah. as in in her own sort of stand up comedy music show really where she sings and imitates yeah. other other performers so she does everything from Barbara Streisand to Julie Andrews to Britney Spears to Lady Gaga to Shakira brilliant so and she does Judy Garland she does she does all those characters in her in her repertoire as she was she was found in a club in New York so she's an American performer mm. she was found in a club in New York just doing one of these club sort of very jazz bar type performances where she the audience used to just shout different stars out there's actually youtube videos out there mm. showing this mm. uh, so I, I, I had confidence that she could play the lv character so i knew that was mm. gonna happen and i had a lot of i personally wanted to see it to see how she would would perform mm. As LV. It's a difficult one to actually judge because I've not... I don't know her from Adam, to be honest. I just don't know her. And when she had stage time, she managed to act, but obviously she never really said anything or did anything. So it was only her voice that I got... I can comment on, really. But I know going from one diva to another, it, she just did it impeccably. I'm not... I have a feeling she did impersonate Stella Black, but I don't know if there was uh, that... Liverpool twang no. on that one, that in particular one. But what you only really hear of her when she comes into her own in the second act, when she once she's sung and done different voices. Yeah, you hear snippets in the first <clears throat> half, but you don't actually <clears throat> see her perform until the second half. Yeah. And I will come back to a little comment on this where she was imitating Jane Horrocks a lot in this performance. And that was my comment with the sort of directing mm. and the performance. Her her Yorkshire voice and her Yorkshire accent was very Jane Horrocks, not a Yorkshire voice or her own mm. version of that voice. And that's where I just felt like if they'd have just worked a little harder on finding LV's voice for this performance rather than Jane Horrocks from the film. Right, and yeah, that's, so her, that's, own, LV yeah, her own LV voice. And I think that's this is this is where I'm going with it. It's more that's my comment on the directing. It felt more like a carbon copy of LV from the film rather than an LV. Yeah, what what know? about Shubner then? Do you think she was... I, I think there was a lot of times where she was very Brenda Blethyn and it was a Brenda Blethyn Yorkshire voice rather than oh, right, a, okay. than mm. her than Shubner's. And I think that's mm. where I, I felt the disconnect. It was only because I'd seen the film quite a lot of times and it just felt very... There was some of the, the crappity home things, the scenes where she was talking, some of the, the voices she used and some of the, the intonation in the voice and the way she said some of the jokes were almost precisely the same as what was in the film. And I think that's mm. that's why I... I just thought they could have maybe worked, just played with it a little bit more to give it a, their own 
take on that voice, that that character really. Mm. I, I just uh, interjecting here. I, all I got from that particular character was not uh, Shubner's performance, but that character uh, that it was Alison Steadman. Yeah, I could actually picture Alison Steadman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on stage, on yeah. stage, actually being that character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, what play did she do? Oh, it was um, Abigail's Party. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not necessarily as bitchy like that, but, no, but she's got that range, sort of yeah. you know, so it, it didn't surprise me. I mean, moving back to Christina Bianco, there's no doubt she knows how to perform on stage. She proves herself every time. She she can quite happily, she's so tiny, but she can stand there and stand up against everybody else and still perform. Mm. And for somebody who is American, to be a convincing Yorkshire-speaking girl... Mm. It was very. She she did it really well. But do you think she was overshadowed? But then I think maybe. But however, this is a production where she is overshadowed. Yeah. All yeah. the time. That is the whole point. Well, of yeah, the no, production, no, that, like, but... Yeah, I'm just thinking. And when she sings out, yes, yeah. I'll be. Was it? Is that the the thing you think about when you think of Little Voice? It is, but I do think they. Because I've come away thinking more about Shobner. And yeah, her, that character. Yeah. I think more about that character than the one that, that just sang. Totally. I mean, the that's thing is, it, for me, for me, there was there was a few moments where I didn't think feel the set helped when there was no build up to Little Voice's second performance, where it's meant to be an all expenses big performance, the the first the last night she's ever going to perform, and it did felt feel just the same as the first performance because the set didn't change for Mr. Booze. Mm. Whereas in the film, it's a grander, bigger performance for the second performance. And the previous production I saw quite a while ago did have that difference and mm. it did make it feel more grand and more more of a performance. So that might have helped it rather than you feeling like a, a retake of the previous mm. performance you gave. So. What about the other production? Uh, performers, because uh, we've not even touched upon the men. The men. We've not talked about Ian Kelsey. And, no. Um, I think he did Axel a real Gavarti. good, real good, big, good job of of being Ray Say, uh, which in the film was played by Michael Caine. So I think it's it's a big. <laughs> you need a to big stop character. referencing that film. I know. I thought Ian um, gave good energy. Yeah. I mean, they all did. did really. They all. They, they were all but, on. They were all had high energy. Mm. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing, they didn't stop. No. But I think it was it was one of those characters where there's nothing much to them. No, it's to say what sense? you see. The, yeah. It's a sort of you know a, the type of character it is. You just know you, know you know who they are and what they're there for. That's you know they they're very much. And the good bit of detail about this was um, he was pretty much had no money in a little bit. But once he got LV on stage, his character changed a little bit because he then drove up onto the set. You didn't see yeah. the car, obviously. No, but he didn't walk. He right. had the car, he had a different a, a posture you, uh, suit on and he had like a cigar on and he had a bit more bling. Yeah. I think he had a bit probably more gel in his hair as well. But yeah, yeah. he just looked a bit more suave and sophisticated, just making the money out of LV, you know. Right, was there any standout performances? For me, I thought the standout performances was uh, Shabna Galati as um, Mary. Yeah. Um, simply because she had a lot to say. She was very energetic. Yeah. As soon as she um, came backwards through the front, uh, through the back door, she was on it. Yeah. Constantly um, on the go. Um, <clears throat> she she kept at one note, I suppose, a little too much. Very yeah. high pitched. But I suppose that's down to the writing as. Yeah, I, I mean I the, the character down to the writing, but almost the character of Mari is about all, almost ignore, but it's it, almost maybe. ignoring the fact that there's real life things happening. She's distracting herself by mm. staying in this conscious level yeah. that is above making a decision about life or noticing that there's things wrong with her daughter and doesn't want to admit that. So by by distracting herself by becoming this other persona, it it's completely a sort of almost ignoring that and push, brushing it aside all the time. Mm. And that's what Shobna did well because that it almost comes across as not caring and not thoughtful and not thinking about anybody else in the world. Almost the, and the way she treats her best friend as well. You know, it's it's all about her yeah. because it's easier to deal with her than it is to deal with real life and things that that she's caused or she's been involved in that's seen things go downhill. Well, she takes them off for granted, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. When I say one note, I don't mean that 
in disrespect to her performance. No, 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 not it, at all. It was, it, I suppose that's more the character and what um, was required from it. Yeah. And when there were those um, smaller moments of intimate or quieter scenes, then she yeah. did actually, she, got, yeah. she went there. Yeah, eventually, yeah, know. she did show that. And there were certain moments that actually show her break her cover almost. Mm. And that's, you're almost playing two parts as well. Yeah, you know? which is why for me she she was a standout mm. um, actor. Uh, uh, Sadie was a brilliant part, and Fiona um, played a brilliant. Yes, yeah, she did. Really she, did. Um, but that character and her performance was standout for a different reason. Yeah. Not because of um, she stood out for being memorable. Yeah. Yeah. She was that character. She was always the character on stage. Facial expressions said mm. a lot. The way she reacted to the put downs that yeah. Mari gave her, and those sort of those oh, yeah, moments. Very grilling, yeah, the, but there was there, there was sort of really harsh put downs, but almost like she's besotted with her friend. So she's she takes them, but then it does get to the point eventually where she does actually almost get her own back, but. In her own way, you know, so it's, mm. it's sort of... And we did have two other guys. We had um, James Robert Moore, who were playing the part of the phone man. There were other actors playing these minor roles as well. And they weren't standoffish. They weren't memorable. No. And, and in fact, I can't really remember them other than they did minor roles. So I can't really talk much about them. Well, I have nothing to say, basically. No, I think LV's love yeah. interest was just that and it's almost a mirrored character ashke who played billy was how billy should be portrayed it's almost a mirror image of lv almost a side-by-side -side parallel of somebody that's equally as quiet so it's, it's yeah. hard to stand out in that performance when you've it's, you've got very limited lines so you yeah, are just that character just wasn't that, really fleshed you, out no. it, no, there was no. I didn't feel like they'd worked Very enough on that character. Yeah, and I, I felt there's a little bit of awkwardness sometimes. But I don't think it was down to the acting. No, 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 no. As well, I think it was probably equally just the fact that it was underwritten. Yes, there's not a lot. There, and that's not me throwing no, no. shade, by no, the way. No, 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 not, not throwing shade at all. If, if that character is not really vital or pivotal to the plot, then why? invest yeah, a lot exactly. of detail and stuff yeah into, i think you've got no it. background until right at the end where you sort of they built him up a little bit but it didn't he he didn't hang around he wasn't around as much as maybe he should have been and perhaps it was just there for lv to talk to or interact with hmm. because she wasn't really interacting it with was her it else. was her journey out of her life he was. He was a journey. Another journey. It was another journey. Ooh, who would have thought <laughs> that? Thought it'd be a journey. Well, I'm just going to was... grab a biscuit and dunk it in my tea whilst you carry on talking about your little journey. I think, I think Billy is the almost changing point for LV to become the person she really is and have a little bit more confidence and a little bit more of so give her, her own strength. It's the push. It's the. It's that. It's that almost. It's that catalyst that that gives her confidence, unwinds her issues with her father, and that mm. she can have a life on her own without always looking backwards. It's it's that yeah, that's that's where the Billy character comes in, mm. really. Yeah. Now, what did you think about um, <clears throat> the costumes and the props? I think the costumes were of the time; they were of the the period, so it was it really set that. It made you feel like you were back in the sort of late eighties, early nineties. It mm -hmm. was very much in that era. So, it, I mean, it's hard to comment too much because there were sort of very pedestrian type costumes for that era. So, yeah, there was the odd flashy dress on the the odd sort of sparkle, but it was done in a way where it was almost like it had been bought from a charity shop and it had been cleaned, which would have happened. You know, they, mm. they would have reused and recycled a lot of work, the dresses and things like that. They wouldn't always have bought new. So I think it did the work well. It was done well. Yeah, nothing spectacular. No. Just what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It felt Just right it for, the, for the piece. What about well, props? I think they used everything that you could see around the stage, to be fair. Um, there was a few... There, there was a couple of moments where... A couple of the props may have been a little bit questionable as to the age of the props, as in 
there was a moment where Billy brought out some security lights that were oh, yeah. LED rechargeable ones circa 2022 that would not have been available <laughs> yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. They just, they just wouldn't have happened. And he, he referenced them as security lights and there was no cables, no wires, no nothing. And it would have been better if they'd have bought some old-fashioned torches with big batteries in them the old sort of nine volt heavy torches that would have gave the same impression, but it would have felt right. Yeah, so they they had a there was a few moments where the those props were maybe a little bit of a misstep. I mean, the ironing board that was brought out was very modern day as well. It wasn't an old asbestos style original hand me down ironing board. It was it was a very new one. So, but that. Nothing major. See, really. that, that never um, occurred to me that it was uh, out of place. Uh, I noticed the security lights, but I mean, as I said, when they brought the ironing board out, it got caught up in the beads. So, um... yeah, you wanted, you wanted it tangled up anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought the the use of the phone and when that was being yes, installed, and it was that was a proper over there. that was a proper BT phone. It was the proper yeah. the proper you know. Yeah, Maury Lickman was probably on the other side. He probably was. Yeah, <laughs> you know now. Um, what I quite like was um, whilst the action was going on between Mari and I think it was Ray at the time downstairs, um, Sadie was upstairs looking after LV while she wasn't very well. Mm. And I thought it was quite funny the yeah. fact that she just ate her sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I've like, got to chuck it out of me. Mind you, I mean, it's a funny, funny play. Yeah. It... But um, I think I'm probably scraping at the barrel for a bit of uh, information on the props. Yeah, now. I mean, the, the one of the, I suppose, the, the good mention is the. The props that were used in in LV's room, all the records, records and the vinyls were the right covers. They must have sourced them from and got spent time finding all the right vinyls for mm. the production. So they were referenced a lot, and oh, there was good placement of props where the the vinyls were placed in the right place for parts of the script as well. And I think yeah. that was you know useful. Well, in the second act, when they get thrown out the window, yes, spoilers, yeah. Right. Oh, the amount uh, of um, just the audience yeah. reaction to that is like, yeah. Ooh, throwing all that out the window. Like, how dare how they? How dare they break vinyl? Yeah. Yeah. Cause obviously, vinyl's come back now. Yeah, no, in yeah, a exactly. Huge way. So yeah. probably all the collectors are in the audience, and it's like, no, those poor vinyls. I know. I mean, oh, obviously, there I don't they are. Think, gone. I don't think they were truly breaking the the. Records of there were no, probably it's probably, it's probably it's just va- cardboard in the sleeves. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah, it was know. probably some of the John Denver albums that have been oh, sat around John in a charity Denver. shop. Denver. Yeah, uh, I really mean, bassy. Moving on to our final segment. What the tech is this? We're in your domain now. The lighting, the sound, and the effects, and all that, and everything in between. Go on then. Whilst I have a sup of my tea, <laughs> chat about it. One of the moments I noticed that is a little bit almost prop related as well as technical is Billy builds a big lighting show for the finale of the production and the lighting controller he has in his hand hasn't got a cable that connects to the lighting stand which intimates to me that it's a remote control lighting controller something that didn't exist in the oh, late 80s right, and okay. 90s so we're, we're going on um, time it was a little bit similar yeah. to some of the other moments where you think this is a little strange and also the lighting controller was sat on the on the actual lights themselves and mm-hmm. he picked it up and then put it back on there which means he could have just had a simple cable attached to it to then put back where it was so it just gave the idea that he'd wired it all up himself whereas actually he just held a box that it just felt a bit strange but if you think about it if they have in their mind modernized this okay yeah why would you have your phone line being connected still and yeah, true. Yeah, right. Yeah, and even if he did talent scout um, for LV and get yeah. her onto the stage, it wouldn't yeah. be decorated in that because no. that is very still eighty. Yeah, exactly. Very old hat. So yeah. we've got it's such a weird disjointed time. Here. It's like it's like those, those. It's only like the security lights. It's those are the things that they're the references that you don't have. You don't you don't have you know those moments aren't things that 
happens. Well, happens. I thought the um, the lighting and the sound effects were pretty good. To be yeah. honest. Well, actually, at a lie, the sound effects, are, um, not the sound effects, but the sound where they play music upstairs, but then yes. it goes to a din. Or, yes. Or, or even when they've got the red record playing downstairs. Yes. There just seemed to have been something. I, don't, I mean, there was, I saw there was on a different night. Yeah, so but there was, it was it was a bit odd how it cut from one to the other. Yeah, and I felt that also when they put the record player on, sometimes it you could hardly hear it. Mm. So you couldn't really Particularly tell at the what beginning, was on. It was, yeah, yeah, you couldn't yeah, actually. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just it seemed really like it was quiet. It was quiet to the point where. They probably well, had a DJ yeah, mixing it. Yeah, but it felt like what was the point? Because if you <laughs> couldn't hear it, you, it was, it, was throw, it just didn't yeah. make any sense. When actually it was meant to be a battle between the, the mum and the daughter playing their music, and it was meant to almost be a confusion of sound. Well, they got it all right. But I was you a couldn't, bit confused. But you couldn't hear it well enough to hear the difference sometimes. And so it wasn't deliberate then? No, it, it, it should have been. It should have been more deliberate than it was, I think. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I mean, lighting-wise, it was really well done. Well, I question and... the lighting. I mean, what, why would you have a lamp where the light looks into the house, like going over the pavement? Surely it should be the other way so it lights yeah. up the road. Uh, yeah, I agree with that one. It should have been the opposite way round. I mean, to, that, to that is... I am show right. that, Yeah, you are. That, yeah, I? because it should... In, in a way, we're missing a curb. On the well, set. exactly, we are. We're not actually showing that we're next to a road because every every terrace road would have a road next to it. Yeah. And if yeah. if they'd have built a curb, maybe I mean it would have been trip hazard, but it would have added more. It'd have shown realism. Mm. You know, I do I do question the uh, what was meant to be a scaffold that was brought out to the window. Yeah, that to me didn't look like something that you would use to do the repairs on a roof it didn't look strong enough or safe enough it looked like one goes to wind and it fell to pieces yeah it was one of them in a warehouse yeah you, it, you it was warehouse get... ladder rather than yeah, it was a, than something to use outside and i think that yeah could you just get a, a ladder and just yeah go... it, it felt more yeah it's either a ladder or a cherry picker on the back of a van yeah. or something that yeah. would have had more would have looked better than what they used because when they brought it out for a second time, it just came to the same position. And when Billy said, I've just been round the corner from somewhere else, and you're thinking you've wheeled that all the way well, from exactly somewhere that. else. It was I like, wouldn't have bothered. It, wouldn't, it, just, it just was wrong. You well, know. How desperate is he that he has to wheel that around on the tiny streets, little on wheels? Tiny, tiny little wheels. <laughs> yeah. Come to Perth on, on a little girl. And, and normally well, this cobbled, cobbled streets so it's been a right, right mess Ooh, to try right and get. Who hard yeah, that. And you're saying. That no policeman would have said, hey, up, mister, what exactly. are you doing late at night with them bloody steps? And before we talk about the fire scene, which we are going to, while we're still on this ladder that goes up to the window, the oh, sound effect and the... For the smashing of the window? The smashing of the window. The, the window was open. The window was there open. There was no glass there. There was no glass in it, but also the night I seen it, I don't know about Stephen's night, but Billy was put the hammer through the window before the glass smashed. So he was waving the hammer round the window and then the glass started to smash in the sound effects and it was like there was such a disconnect it was it was just it just uh, don't do it you know it's easier not to Yeah I think he did the same thing when I saw it it just felt like luster to be breaking yeah. a window when there's no wood glass in it and But the, I'm sure they'd already opened the window because of the sash window Because they were talking previously yes yeah. so I, it just didn't add up to me No it didn't add up to me Right, Richard, when they had the fire scene, I just want to pose this question to you. How did they do that? Okay, so this isn't really a spoiler, because if you've seen the film... That film again? Well, We're talking about the film again? Yeah, I am going to talk about the film, because... Have you only ever seen one film in your life? Yeah, just the one. It's called Little Voice. <laughs> there is a scene at the end where the house catches fire because they have electrical faults. One thing I will say before we start talking about this scene is... They did the electrical effects in the first half well because it did feel like there was an electrical fault when they flashed oh, on yeah, stage yeah, yeah, and yeah. the, the yeah, kettle blew up almost and those those little things happened. That felt it's the foreshadowing right. of what's coming, yeah. what's to come. So the the consumer unit basically explodes and the house catches fire. And what I will say, it also yeah jabbing in here for it to have a fire now without anything being referenced to yeah. It would have been. It would have made any sense. No. It would have 
felt It'd be one of them Deo Machina things yeah, where yeah, definitely. Oh, you, it just accidentally it's happened just without happened. Wow, you planting the seed that yeah. this is how it could happen. Yeah, exactly. So when they what happens because of the electrical fault, the gas fire then catches fire and that is becomes the fuel source for the the fire. Basically you see a lot of smoke building from oh, under hold on, the hold on a actually if it was gas, wouldn't it have been more of an explosion? Maybe, but it seemed but they, the way they did they a build rather than a... The, obviously. It was almost like, yeah, they wouldn't have been able to do it on stage, but they, I think they were trying I was trying expecting to, the whole audience to be engulfed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, smoke. it was really done well because they, they mm. hid smoke machines under the kitchen units and yeah. the smoke came billowing up slow there was a real was a slow build, build up, wasn't there and there was colored lights hidden under the kitchen units where basically it was showing a an orange glow and a yellow glow and white glow of of fire just permeating through the smoke which okay. for me that made it feel more i've talked about fire in other things where we've, we've talked you? about Sheila, sheila's island where we talked about making fire and smoke not being timed oh of course and yes it sort of not having a was not being <laughs> timed forget- right how forgettable is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly i <laughs> I've mean forgotten about it already but i i think we we talked about how timing is everything for fire mm. and they got it right in this one because the fire just felt like it was building and and the smoke got bigger and bigger and bigger where the whole room was engulfed while LV was locked in her room mm. and it did feel like the build the, the whole place because that's the, it dramatically she you was always say there's that. no smoke without fire and it's always going to be the smoke that builds up and engulfs and then the fire comes and, and then it gets bigger and bigger and then it becomes overwhelming and i think they did that really well yeah and whilst that was going on she was going into a frenzy wasn't she yeah. um she was she was going through the, the divas <clears throat> i mean one thing i will say is i do think this is a directing thing but i think it was a little bit awkward because in the film version the film version i'm going to say that oh again yeah, maybe. Here we go again. Back into the film. The, maybe we should actually view the film and review it. As we watch it, yeah. As a special, yeah, special one-off episode. episode. But in the, in the film, film there is a, a scene where Ray Say breaks down at Mr. Boo singing a song while the fire happens at the same time. And there's a almost a, a, a dramatic sort of build-up of... So fire intercutting it's an intercutting into between of the scenes. two yeah. scenes and to build up the dramatic to build up the, to make you yes. feel almost more emotional about the fact yeah. that this house is on fire they've got somebody else losing the mind it, it's all it, it creates more of a dramatic effect whereas this production did those two elements separately so it almost felt like so we've done this and then we need to do this yeah. rather than doing it all at once to create that because at the end of the day it's the end of the production mm. and and you got no it, you need a build to then become bigger and bigger and bigger and and, and it just felt like oh it flatlined it, yeah it did yeah. really did it you're felt more like they threw in, it away yeah you're more interested in about uh, about what's going on in the house yeah and uh, and then it just I mean, I know I why they caught, but that's a film yeah. reference. But they, they, caught, they it just went. Too. They, they bought Mr. The tab Boo's tab in front of yeah. that house catching on fire, and I could see why they did it. But it felt it didn't feel right. This it, is why I think perhaps with it being placed in the stage, and we already discussed the setting of the stage and the fact that it was a little bit probably too small for the stage. But had they have had Mr. Boo's um, section? to one side yeah exactly then they could have interplayed yeah. those scenes yeah and they could have lit it in a way that we could have you yeah, know and, done and it just in that done way. something with the lighting because there was room so, on stage because there would have been room to move the house to one side of the stage to have more of a it was big enough imagine if they had that house where it was on a, a round table so they yeah, spun so, it yeah and a revolve so yeah so yeah. whilst it was revolving round, you had it turned yeah. to uh, mr boone yeah, and you progressively thing, saw but, it get more engulfed in fire as it's turning almost yeah, yeah. and i mean I, the other reason mr boo's scre- the screen came down was so that they could then distress the set more before the actual final scene where they walk yeah, back into the afterwards. house afterwards after it had been um after the fire engine had been and watered everything down and everything was wet i and expected destroyed. more soot yes I, I one thing i would say is where the fuel source was and where the fire mm. was the Behind the the cooker was black. Yeah, they they completely they changed the cooker for a completely blackened, charred mess and the melted TV and this that and the other. But the wall was still the same. 
Now, in every sort of how like kitchen and fire, that settee would have gone up in flames. Yeah, and it I know would. they covered it. They covered but, it with black sheeting, but but the but it um, wouldn't have structurally been. But up the there, walls, right. every like fire that you see on when they show you chip pan fires or things fires, those sort of things, there's always soot all the way up the walls, and they could have above mm. the cooker, they could have just had a fake panel of wallpaper hiding that soot screen yeah. and they could have just took that ply panel off and it would have already been there yeah. it would have still been a quick change but it would have created so much more believable sort of fire distress and it, well it, they could have done that with just like a um a tarnished cloth like yeah. a sheet or yeah, something. exactly just something to to show that just yeah. to, just to even if it was peeling up. off you'd yeah. um, you wouldn't know that there's no a bed sheet or whatever. exactly it would just be like a they could have even stuck some bits or... of wallpaper burnt yeah. on it so it yeah. created that thing i think one thing to do mention is because the pro the set was distressed anyway i think the rest distressed. of it the, yeah it was <laughs> i'm in this dress um, because the set was set in such a way that it was tired and it was dirty, when they lit everything in really low, dark, dull light, it did look almost burnt for the rest of the room. I think there was just bits You're describing missing. my house. <laughs> I think there was just moments where they just could have done a bit more on certain yeah. certain certain burn marks that could have been would have helped a lot. Was there anything on your night slightly different or did anything go wrong because when i saw it on the friday yeah um the part where ian uh, well the part where ray say is singing and he's having that men- yeah i don't know Mrs. if it's a, it built up to the mental breakdown he hasn't done it yet but he's having that singing yeah that, that song he's basically he's he's lost everything and he's <laughs> he's he's making it very obvious that he's had to now Step in for little voice who doesn't turn up. Yeah, but there was one particular song where he's uh, singing his heart out, but he stops, and one of the audience members carries on singing. Really? <laughs> yeah, and uh, that didn't happen on my night. No, he didn't particularly uh, uh, find that quite appealing. It didn't go down as well. No, as it but have. he he basically said uh, she'll finish it, <laughs> <laughs> and then he just uh, put his uh, two fingers up to her, and then they walked off. Walked off in character. Yeah. But it's one of them things where in live shows, things like that do happen. Yeah, of course they do. You, you know, have it, to accept it, that. And it's, so it, it's. I mean, I suppose he can acknowledge it because he's performing to that exactly. that room. So exactly. So it is. He had broke the wall because the room then becomes Mister Boo's working men's club. So yeah. that's the only point. Well, that's where exactly you could why do that. we were sort yeah. of in the audience because yeah. the, the warm up person was. Um, Woman's up yeah. for it in in the play. Yeah, in the play. You know, yeah, wasn't one of the ushers. No, <laughs> I mean I did my my only comment on Mr. Boo's uh, working man's club setting is I did find it very odd that none of the cast apart from Mr. Boo were in the room when LV was singing or Ray mm. because in the film, oh, in the film, the film Sadie and Mari. I'm going to watch this film. Sadie and Mari and Billy are all in the room, even when even when Ray Say has his breakdown. Right. So it, I felt that there's moments where let me pull you up on this one now. So you've seen the film, yeah. You're you think they've copied the film? They've yeah. taken their influences from the yeah. film, right? Okay, so they've copied the film, yeah. And you think they shouldn't have done. So when they do something they shouldn't have done, you're saying, why didn't they copy the film? What, I'm, what I mean is... Riddle me this. Riddle, riddle me this, riddle me that. Get out of that one, please, Batman. I think what I felt was, when it went to Mr. Boo's scene and the warm-up act came out, the crowd weren't as receptive as maybe they'd have hoped. If there was other Are people... Are you talking about in, in the film or in no, the stage? No, in, in the stage version. I felt right. like the audience weren't as receptive as maybe it could have been if there was other people in the audience to give them a little bit of um for allow them to feel that you could cheer along. I felt mm. that there was still a disconnect. Right. Because Mr. Boo didn't it didn't have the war he, he sort of you I felt like the audience still felt like they were watching a production mm. rather than becoming that audience. I see what you're saying. You see what I mean? It yeah, was like yeah, yeah. even if they were stood at the side or just there to Cheer on LV. Do you think it, it would have helped if Mr. Bit... Boo came um, through yes, the audience? Yes, it would. It would have. And, and yeah. picked and on people. Yes. I think there was a bit missed where it, it still didn't cross the fourth wall enough. Yeah. To, so to more welcome people in to, yeah. to join in almost. 
More I think they just expected them to join in and it didn't mm. because I felt like Mr. Boo is yes he can deliver his lines but he has almost the flexibility to go off script to bring that audience yeah. to give it, to allow that audience I to join in. I could actually see that working yeah. especially if um he as a he would have been like a comedian yeah, in his own that, right. Yeah, he would, you know, and that's, that's because he's, that's his, he does that every night. Yeah, exactly. He welcomes so, so he could have gone into the audience yeah. and just picked on a couple. Yeah, not not to extend the play too that, much, but, but it would bring, have bring them in, and it, it would have helped with say a little bit more time for a set change behind scene or a little yeah. bit of this. It would have given them a little Done. bit of breathing space to put the to, soot in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but and I think that would have that would have made it feel a little bit more like it was an event. But saying that, I could have watched that. I yeah. probably would have had anxiety if he did pick on the audience and yeah. if he did wonder if he's going to pick on me. But then if I'd have saw that, I might have just marked it down for padding as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah potentially, yeah. So I, just just think, I, just think, I just think it felt a bit awkward when LV shut down and there was no running after her to see if she was all right. Everybody, mm. all you saw was a go off stage. Yeah. And you didn't know what had happened when you think, well, there was people there supporting her, so how yeah. do you... And I think that might have helped Billy's character because Billy was there every night and he talked about that right at the end. Yeah. But you never saw Billy almost idolise her Yeah. at that point. It was like yeah. you only heard it right at the end of the production and that, that maybe gave him less of a character because he you know it's not it's not always about the words it's just about being there in the room to show the the support and i think that that may be a bit of an issue how did this show end i'm asking you because i can't remember (laughs) i know the show ends the show ends in um at first the 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 first ending almost is lv's retribution lv's getting her own back to her mother and actually talking to her because all the way through the production you've seen oh yes her. the breakdown you see That's her actually vi- you see lv actually so the vinyls get thrown out the window basically that, mari mari throws that symbolic of the sim- voice breaking yes it is it's part of that it's the trigger then for lv to to say all the things to her mum that she's never told her throughout her life and have the confidence to do that so that's that and it's a really quite powerful scene because it's it's the first time you hear her Mm. um and one thing i do like about the and after that scene then billy does his light show and invites lv to sing but he asks her in this version to sing in her own voice now that wasn't done in the previous production i've seen and i thought this was probably the most touching moment for the production because LV sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow with a Yorkshire accent and Christina Bianco did an amazing job of creating that because it's never it wasn't done in the film mention the film again oh really it wasn't done in the film and it was a touching moment where it gave that moment to LV to have her own voice and sing it in her own voice not anybody else's impression not no, not falling back on anybody else's, not falling back on any of the greats that she's been imitating. She's just her. She's mm. just herself. And I think that well, was a really discover- nice moment. That's the whole point yeah. of the play. She discovers her yeah, voice. Yeah, I think it had more added more strength to the script than maybe it would have done beforehand if they did. You know, it was a nice touch. Are you trying to say now that this ending of the stage production is better than the film? I think it would have added more to the film if they'd have done something in that. <gasps> Clutch my pearls. <laughs> I don't know if it was maybe discussed because I've not. I mean, I've not seen the actual script, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe they toyed with it. But maybe they just which edited. script? The stage script or the place the film well, script? Well, I mean, yeah, probably the the film script. It don't. I don't know because it. Uh, the... I'm surprised you haven't got the film script. I haven't. No. <laughs> <laughs> now for our ratings, as we say, call, call this, this a show. So, Richard, what's your final thoughts for the rise and fall of Little Voice? My final thoughts are that it was well put together in some ways. However, it felt dated as a script and also... And it wasn't the film. However, it was trying to be the film. And I think that may may have scuppered it in being a great piece of theatre for a wider audience because I felt like it was almost resting on the, the laurels of the actual film Fair rather enough. than being its own performance or yeah. production. 
Okay, and on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being somewhere over the rainbow, or 1 being Ding Dong, the witch is dead. What's your score? I would give this a 6. Oh, okay. So, for me to sum up, this was an entertaining show. Um, I've obviously not seen it before, and it was all right. But it was only all right. There were some standout performances. But again, it didn't really live up to its expectations for me, so I don't particularly want to come and see this again. No offence. And my score is equally a six as well. So, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck? Tumbleweed? An audible shrug of the shoulders? Uh? A slow clap? A pleasant applause? Or a standing ovation? What will it be? So, Richard... What's it going to be? I would just give this a pleasant applause because I think they worked hard. I mean, Christina was good and I didn't expect anything less. So, yeah, it's a pleasant applause for me. Yep, snap. A pleasant applause as well. I thought Shadnagalati was excellent. And in the words of Sadie, I think this was... Okay. So there we are. That's our discussion of The Rise and Fall of Little Voice. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining coming up over the next few episodes we will be discussing the new production of Boeing Boeing Blood Brothers and fascinating Aida on the road again that's it for this week folks if you'd like to drop us a message please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com remember you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production also make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released and we hope you join us again for another installment of upstage downstage <laughs> <laughs>